Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. All right, we're going to jump into our final sermon in our series in London for London, and uh, I really want you to pay attention. I really want you to track with me. I really want you to get this established in your heart, because if we as a church, the whole church, the whole church globally gets the understanding of who they are in this sermon, things would shift forever. We would never be the same. All right, so we're going to talk about our authority as believers, and I want to talk this morning about the fact that God needs you. God needs you, and the fact that God needs you means London needs you, and what's going to happen in London, as far as God is concerned, will not happen by bypassing you. It will only happen as you engage the revelation of who you are and why God's planted you in the city. So God cannot and he will not bypass moving his purposes through us, through the body of Christ. If he did, his word is no good and everything would implode upon itself because God honors his word above his name. And it's not that God isn't all powerful and all wonderful, but God can't do whatever he wants as far as it goes with the world. He has to because on his word he's limited himself to move because he engages in partners with mankind therefore God is limited to who partners with him here on the earth it says in, in Chronicles it says the Lord's eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth looking for someone whose heart is towards him to pour strength into because God is looking for people whose eyes are on him who are focused on him who understand who they are and are ready to loose God's purpose power and kingdom in the earth amen we got a hand up there yeah that's it that's the truth come on pastor all right so we started off because we had to confront that nasty Jonah issue, you know, that whole ad attitude that we don't care. I mean, I'm amazed at Jonah because Jonah knew that God would save. God, he knew that God would show mercy. He knew that God was good, and instead he went on vacation. So you folks that are on vacation this year, just think about that. I'll be on vacation at some point too, and that's good. It's good to get a rest and get away. But you know what? God is limited by us. He is because he has limited himself to work in the affairs of the earth through mankind. So we got to get rid of that nasty Jonah attitude that it's not my business, I don't care. If there's anything in you, any bigotry, anything at all in you, that there's any race, people group, anything, anybody you think's not worthy of God's love, stop it. I mean, stop that. I mean, get that ripped out of your life because that is not God. God desires that all would come to a revelation to him. We then talked about the fact that, you know, we speak peace over the city. When they were taken into captivity, the people of God, it says the promise to them was God didn't say, don't hang out with them, stay away from them. God said, go into the city, become a part of that city, command the blessing on the city, pray for the leaders in the city, pray and speak peace over the city, and the peace of that city would be peace for you. So, you know, we've got to be in this city for this city. And we're here for London. London's got to know that we are for them. You know, when we first came down here over, it was about 20 years ago now, maybe more than 20 years ago now, when we talked to the schools and the social agencies, everything said that we're a church and we moved down to the community to partner with you. They all looked at us like, yeah, right. 
They really did. I kid you not. The, the Crouch Resort Center, the, the schools, even the schools, when we gave them food hampers, said, we want to bless families in need. You tell us who's in need. We said to the social worker, you tell us who's in need in this community, and we want to get them a food hamper. They said, fine, you get it. Bring it to me. I'll give it to them. And I was like, no problem. Like, they didn't even want, because they said, you guys are probably doing that to try to get people in your church. They said, no, we're just trying to bless the city. That's all we're doing. So we said, you know what? We'll give them all to you, and you can deliver them. We won't even put our name on it. It doesn't have to have anything to do with us. He said, okay, then. And for two years, that's the way we had to do it until they finally realized we're really here to serve. We're really here to partner with you. And now we have a great relationship with all the social agencies and schools and things. But wow, it took a long time to break down a barrier that was built by the church. Because they just thought, church don't care about us. Churches, there was a real negative attitude towards church. Like, why are you coming down here? What do you want to do? You know, you just want to steal people's money and rip people off and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whoa. Wow, we had to overcome some real negative stereotypes about church. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. But we've been successful, so that's good. Then we last week talked about first responders. Wasn't it great to have all those first responders here with us and do that? Stephen didn't even wear his uniform today. All right, that's okay. But it was so great to see you know that and realize there's so many. And Kevin was was away; he was working that day. So because we honored the nurses and everything. Is your friend a nurse too? You guys all nurses? Well, we honored nurses and people who do that. We're so grateful because you guys you got to show up when it's messy. And like I would pass out at that point. I would see blood and go, you'd have to, I'd be added to the mess, but you guys are awesome. So we prayed for you guys. But you know, we are first responders because we talked about how Aaron ran between the plague. He ran between life and death and he stood there and he said, no more. You know, that's why we're here to stand between life and death. We're here because there is right now, there's a, there's a nasty plague of sin on the world today and people are experiencing the effects of that. But we got good news. We got a message that sets people free. You know, we got to run into the face of that creeping death and declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, hallelujah, amen. All right, here we go. Ready? Stay with me now. It's going to happen really fast. Here we go. Adam was given authority. Adam was given authority. Say given. It was given. He didn't earn it. It was given. Adam was given authority. Man, God created man, and he gave man, he gave him authority. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion. He was given authority and dominion. Dominion means to rule, to have dominion, to dominate, to tread down, and to subjugate. The only thing Adam was not given dominion over was other people. Adam wasn't given authority over other people. You don't have authority over other people, but he was given authority over everything else. So you don't have authority over other people. You get a right to serve other people. We do get authorities, and we have authorities that are placed in in roles, like we had city authority here today, and all authorities established by God. But all authority is not there to rule and dominate. All authority is there to serve. Their rule is a rule of serving, of blessing, and bringing in a manifestation of the goodness of God. But Adam was given authority. Now, God is revealing that he has chosen to partner with Adam. Now that's what he's revealing. God is revealing that I created everything, I made everything, and I set you in it, but I want you to understand that I'm revealing that I have chosen Adam to partner with you. Whatever happens in the earth, I have to engage myself with you. So in all that is going to go forward from here on in, Adam, whatever happens on the earth, it's up to you, and I will partner with you, but you have to engage in your responsibility and in your authority. With authority comes 
responsibility. Genesis 1:28. then God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. You go to Genesis chapter two, and it says he brought them. Chapter two, verse 19, he brought them to Adam, all the animals, all of them. He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whenever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Now, you might think that's pretty simple stuff, but I'm telling you, I mean, that's a pretty full day. I mean, God's bringing all the animals forward. He's bringing them all up, and he's saying, what do you want to call this one? And you know, what? why didn't God just say, this is a lion. Rawr. If they get grumpy, stay away from him. This with the long trunk, this is an elephant. Whoa. I mean, why didn't God just say, I created it. Here's what they are. Here's what they're called. But no, he engaged Adam in this exercise because I want, I, I believe, I really believe that he wanted to show Adam that Adam, with the authority that I said you have, now is responsibility. And everything that I've created, it's all subject to you. And let's start this exercise. I want you to start to realize how we're going to partner together. Here is creation. What do you want to call it? So right away, right at the start, he's saying, you have a responsibility even to give names to all of this stuff. I mean, look at this here. Here's one of the names. He looked at that and he went, hippopotamus. Pretty awesome. Then look at this. Look at this one. He goes, Aardvark? Aardvark. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'm kind of thinking. And then I think at the end, he was probably finishing up with the birds, and he was getting really tired, lost a bit of creativity, just done, you know, hawk, falcon, eagle, black bird. (laughs) Getting really tired now. Here comes another one. Hummingbird. Hummingbird, and finally, Dodo Bird. I don't know if it went down like that. I'm not sure, but, but you know, you, you, you can imagine that was pretty involved. I mean, I don't know if that included insects and all the rest of that stuff, but wow, this is pretty serious stuff. So you had to reckon that he was pretty smart, right? I mean, he's created an image of God, and he was really, really smart, but he wanted him to partner in this. Psalm 115, verse 16 says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given. Say Given. The earth he has given to the children of man. So you see, folks, whatever's going on in the earth, whatever's even going on in London, I mean, we got to quit going, God, do something down here. Send the power. Ah! And I go to a lot of prayer meetings where that's what it seems like. Can't you see that it's messy? Oh, God. And he's like, I did. That's why I sent my son. I dealt with sin. I dealt with every obstacle between you, me, and my kingdom. Now go and disciple the world to come into a relationship with me. So it really is our turn. Jesus won back our right to reign and to rule and to exercise authority. And just like naming all the animals with authority comes responsibility to do something. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Because we're in London for London. Psalm 103, verse 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not that he heals all your diseases, that he forgives all your sins, and then that he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. The word crown is atar, and that word is to surround or to crown, to give a crown, or to bestow, a crown bestower. Crowns, everywhere in scriptures, crowns uh, manifest that something has been bestowed, authority has been given. So a crown in scripture always manifests and demonstrates that there's been authority given. So he gave us a crown, he gave us authority. Can I get an amen? 
All right. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. There is no authority except from God. Even his honor, Matt Brown, he didn't get that just as he campaigned and got enough people to vote for him. Although that exercise did take place, nobody gets in any position without God being involved in that. There is no authority. Say no. There is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by who got the most votes. And that's what it looks like and that's what it appears like. But they are appointed by God. Now, God is the one who gives. God is the one who grants authority. Psalm 84, verse 6. It says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? You made them a little lower than angels, some translations have, but it really is the word Elohim. 2,249 times that word is in the scriptures, and only once here. Some of your Bibles, if you're looking at your Bible, some of your Bibles might say angels. And that's because the translator was like, man, it he, he must have made a mistake. He can't be a little lower than Elohim because Elohim is God. I mean, he's not just a little low. It must have meant spiritual being, you know, those that are around God. No, you're just a little lower than God, created in the image of God. And he crowned them. He crowned mankind with glory and honor. And he gave them charge of everything. Say everything. He gave them charge of everything you made. You put all things. Anybody know what all things means? It really does. I looked it up. It means all things. So if there's anything, if there's things, if there's stuff, if there's anything in existence, if there's anything manifesting itself in this earth, if there's anything that you can see, touch, feel, what is a thing? Anything. It says he has put all things under their authority. Wow. That's why the angelic being, I believe it was written like by an angel who said, man, look at these men. I mean, they're, they're pretty messed up. I mean, wow, they're always falling on their heads. And every time you ask them to do something, they you know, hardly get it done. But what are they that you're mindful of them? I mean, what are men that you're so committed to your partnership with them? You've crowned them with honor and with glory, and you gave them charge of everything. You put everything under their authority. So how much of what's going on right now is under our authority? All of it is. All of it. Every single bit. We have a massive responsibility. If we're going to see peace, if we're going to see freedom, if we're going to see liberty, if we're going to see a demonstration of God's kingdom in the earth, folks, it's going to depend on the person sitting next to you. Just look at them and say, get with the program. All right, get with the program. All right. Now you got to hold on to your authority. Say, hold on. Hold on to your authority. Look, Revelation 3.11 says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have. See to it that no man, no one, no man will take your crown. In other translations, it denotes that it's man. How can a man take my crown? Here's how a man can take your crown. By preaching nonsense and telling you that you basically just got to hang on until God gets us out of this mess. It's going to get bad. It's going to get ugly. But just pray, God, get us out of here. We should go to the hills. We should separate. We should come out from among them because, oh, it's getting ugly. No, you see, God put you in it. Jesus said, as I was sent, I send you. You're in the world. Send them into the world, Lord. Bring the glory of God into manifestation in the world. Man has been put in charge and responsibility to bring. But, you know, if somebody teaches you that you can't do anything about what's going on in the world, you can't change the mess in your life, you just got to submit to it. In fact, the miserable stuff in your life might even be God trying to teach you something with this suffering you're going through. Maybe he gave you sickness or you got hit by that car to teach you a lesson. That's madness. Madness. Don't let anybody 
put that kind of nonsense on you. All right? Look what it says, Ecclesiastes 10, 5 to 7. There's an evil. There's an evil which I've seen under the sun. I mean, something evil. And what's he saying? He's saying, what I saw was I saw servants on horses and princes walking. What's he saying by that? There are people that have been crowned to reign, crowned to ride in a place of authority and power, and they're walking around like they're servants. There's people who don't know who they are. There's people who are not operating out of their inheritance, not being who they've been called to be. And the, the Ecclesiastes writer, he says, it's an evil thing for people to live below their destiny and what they're called to be. Can I get an amen from the back row? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Throw me a bone back there. All right. It's good. good. All right. Good. Are you tracking with me? All right. Hold on to your authority. Authority. Authority was given to the devil. Authority was given to the devil. The devil didn't get authority. The devil didn't have any authority, but the devil did get some. How did that happen? Luke 4, 6 to 8, and he said to him, this is the devil, he said, he said to him, I will give all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. So he's talking to Jesus. Jesus, who is the rightful reigner and ruler, he comes, empties himself of divinity, and comes as a man, and here's the devil tempting him. You know, what you're sent to do is to have authority. What you're sent to do is to take authority over all these things, right? But listen, I will give their authority and splendor to you. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. Listen, that's not a valid temptation if the devil could not do that. That's not even a valid argument. It's not a legitimate temptation on Jesus. Jesus said, ha, 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 it's not even yours to give. Are you kidding me? Jesus didn't say that. Jesus understood that the devil had authority. The devil had been given authority. Look what it says. He says, it's been given to me. Who gave it to him? Adam. Adam gave it to him. The one who had all responsibility did not fulfill his responsibility, and he gave it up to the devil. Now, the devil said, it's been given to me, and I can give it to who I want. If you worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered, says, worship the Lord your God. Serve him only. Worship the Lord your God. Serve him only. Can I get a hallelujah? So the devil had some authority, and that's a bad situation. And, folks, the devil is still in operation today. Does he have the right to reign and to rule anymore? No. The right's been taken away. Does he still do it? Yes. Why? Because we let him. Because mankind lets him. The devil himself can't do anything on earth except he finds a man. It's the exact same plan. God set it up so man has authority on earth. So if the devil manifests anything on earth, it's because some goofy, dumb person with an earth suit like this agreed with the prince of darkness. But the prince of darkness is right to rule. It's been removed, and we've got a responsibility. It says, the prince of this world, it says, he is being crushed under our feet. And what are feet? Feet are a type of authority. Wherever your feet tread, it's yours. Feet are a type of authority. Whatever you put your foot upon, it's yours. And you see, we can tread on him, and we can say, that's our authority. It's won back for me by the blood of Jesus. You cannot tread there anymore. I'm taking back this land in the name of Jesus. I'm crushing you right now under my feet but we have to do that if there's areas where we still see manifestations of evil we gotta do some foot stomping pretty awesome eh wow that was a lot of workout right there i think i got a cramp 
All right, so the devil, he was given authority, Matthew 9, 6 to 8. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said, get up and take your mat and go home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God who had given such authority to a man, who had given such authority to a man. Jesus came, commissioned by heaven. He came, and he was given authority to begin to operate. When, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and the, the Father said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. He was given sonship. He was granted power and he was granted authority over the affairs of the earth. So he was re-engaging the purpose of God from heaven. He established the beachhead where God now was going to work out and all evil that encroached upon God's purposes, Jesus had come to push it back and restore man as the rightful ruler in the earth. That's why he had to come as a man because a man had to do it. That's why Jesus came as a man. Man, John 5, 27, and he has given, say given, and he has given him authority and granted him power to execute, exercise, practice judgment because he is the son of man. He is very man. And see, it's so important that Jesus was a man because it would have broke the rules if he came as God because man, God had determined that man establishes what goes on in the earth. So Jesus, God, had to become a man. And as a man, he operated under the headship of his father, and he won back for us every right to reign and to rule. Hallelujah. So if Jesus now has all authority, how much is left for the devil? None. Why is he still operating in it? Because we haven't enforced the reign of Christ. Jesus recovered all authority. Jesus recovered all authority. Jesus recovered all authority. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spoke the same. All authority has been given. Say given. What do we know about authority? Authority is given. It's given, 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 given. You know, you don't have to jump through 25 hoops, 35 things, memorize 45 chapters of the Bible, and then fast and pray for 5 million days and fall on your head and do a twist and a roll. Because it's given. It's given. All authority is given. John 14, 12 to 13. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, say believes. Wow. Don't you love that? Say believes. Do you believe? I mean, do you really, really believe? I mean, do you really believe what's written in this book about you? Because, I mean, it doesn't say he who behaves. Because, you know, Behavior must come out of believing and not the other way around. I don't behave, therefore I believe. I believe, therefore I am. I believe, therefore I manifest who I am. It has to come out because any right behavior that's worth anything or has any internal significance has to be the fruit of the Spirit of God. And you don't grunt to produce fruit. Righteousness. Joy. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm manifesting the work of the Spirit. Joy. Joy. It's something that naturally happens because you're plugged in to a living relationship with God Almighty as your source. It's not something I work up. It's something I just let flow in my life because I understand who I am and I focus on Him as my source. That's where it all comes from. It all comes from. Say, thank you, Pastor. All right, it's given, it's given, it's given. It says, most assuredly, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you will do. And you'll do greater works than I do because they go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, they'd never before in all of history prayed in his name. 
And I know that prayer, and we heard it today, and it's used all the time. It'll be used again on, on uh, Canada Day, I'm sure, if my people called my name homeless. That is good, but it's not even legal in this covenant because it's an old covenant prayer. But anyways, uh, we'll deal with that in Twisted Scriptures on a Wednesday night. We'll help you with that. And it is good to pray that God's people would be people of God. It is good to pray that our nation would be full of his glory. But you know what? We, we have already, that prayer's been answered by God, and now we can manifest the power of God in our cities and in our places. It's a creepy thing to be asking God to do something that he's already done. I mean, it's like you give your kid a gift. Just, would you give me a gift, Daddy? I did. Would you please? Would you give me a gift? Would you help me with this? I did. It's not his turn. It's, it, it is our turn. And there's a lot to unpack with that whole thing. But anyways, listen, greater works than these shall you do because they go to the Father. We get to pray in the name of Jesus. There's a whole new operation in prayer. You've never prayed this way before. But from now on, you used to pray like that. Now pray like this. Because when you pray in my name and when you pray out of the revelation of my name and who you are and what I'm saying and what you're hearing and what you're seeing, in my name, you're going to see everything shift in the world. That's why we sang that song, What a Wonderful Name It Is. It's a wonderful name. That's why there's such power and anointing on that because when you lift up the name of Jesus, things align themselves in the room. All right, Jesus crowned us. He crowned us. He crowned us to reign. Revelation 1, 5, and 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. And he has made us. Say made us. Made us is so much bigger than he granted to us or made it available. He didn't do that. He made us. I'm going to make myself drink some water. I offer myself water, water. I offer see, I made myself drink it. He made you. This is something he made. This is something he established. What did he do? He made us. He washed us from sins with his own blood, and he made us kings, and he made us priests to God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Why is he saying that? Because the way of glory and dominion is I made you kings and priests. And because I made you kings and priests, the process is going to lead to glory and dominion forever and ever. We are kings. We reign. We are priests. We connect. Priest, pontiff, bridge. We bridge with community. We bridge with others. But we are kings to manifest and bring into revelation the rule of God. Can I get a hallelujah? What am I trying to say? You've got authority. And with that authority, you have responsibility. And God needs you. And if God needs you, then London needs you. And it needs you to understand every moment of the day that you are a walking, living, breathing fountain of the purpose and the power of God. You are walking and breathing. You are to slay every bit of darkness that is before you and bring into manifestation wherever you are the light of the kingdom and glory of God. But this really works when you understand your legal rights. When, you under, when somebody tells it to you and you go, let's try this, man. Let's do this. You know, some people go at stuff. They have no idea who they are. And the first time they get pushed back, they get pushed back and they, they give up because they don't know who they are. But when you know who you are, you'll confront things with boldness because you got the word on it and nobody can take it from you. You got to know scripturally the word of God. You got to know who you are and why you have that authority and you got to function in it. People perish for lack of knowledge, but when you get revelation of the word of God, it'll be bedrocking you and you'll be what God called you to do. So I was just trying to get a little passionate there, just a little bit. All right, come on, let's go. Let's go, Pastor. Let's go. All right, Second uh, Peter verse, uh, go to Romans chapter, sorry, Romans. Okay, so how are you crowned? So you're crowned, you're crowned. How are you crowned? Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through that one, much more, say much more. Much more those who receive, say receive. It doesn't say those who earn or those who behave. It just says much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. What is righteousness? 
You know, I wish the people would be righteous because righteousness exalts the nation. So, oh God, we pray that the people would be righteous. I've answered that prayer. Those who receive the gift of righteousness. Why can every single person receive the gift of righteousness? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Righteousness is absolutely available, and it should be absolutely clear to every believer that I am the righteousness of God. I'm not trying to be righteous. I'm not trying to get righteous. I am righteous, and it's the revelation of that righteousness that will flow out of us and really will cause the nation to be exalted. Pitter-pat back there, a couple pitter-pats, a couple people going, what? Because you'll hear a lot of prayer in the next week or so over this nation. A lot of stuff. And I just, I just am, wow. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of that, most people would have been better off to invite their neighbor over for a barbecue and just said, here's a gift, Jesus loves you. Instead of huddling up in a little corner going, oh God, please touch our nation. Sorry about that. Did I do that in public? Did I do that right in front of everybody? Okay, all right. Second Peter Okay, how crowned? You're crowned by receiving and you reign in life through Christ Jesus. It's all about receiving. It really is. Next, why are you crowned? Crowned why? Crowned so that you might reign, so sin reigned in death, but now so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You are crowned and you are reigning so there might be a manifestation of the gift of eternal life through righteousness or righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you're crowned that grace might reign. Say grace might reign. 2 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own holy special people, that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Woo! I mean, man, take me to your leader. You people are just way too happy. It's so good. Amen? So there's something we got a job with authority comes responsibility we are crowned what psalm 103 verse 4 what are we crowned with pastor you are crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies psalm 25 6 remember O lord thy tender mercies and loving kindness for they are ever from old what are you crowned with you know what the word world needs to see us manifest loving kindness and tender mercies the world doesn't need to see the church crowned with that's evil, that's evil, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's evil. That, no, we're crowned with loving kindness and tender mercy. You know why people turn and people repent? Because they experience an expression of the goodness of God from the people who are walking in it. And we're crowned with something that brings liberty, brings freedom, brings the kingdom of God. God didn't, if God wanted to, to send a protester, he would have, but he didn't. He sent a savior. Okay. There's five people thrilled by that. That's awesome. That's all it takes. Just us five and God, we're a majority. Amen. All right, you ready? We're going to wrap it up. Uh, that was a lot of scripture. I know I threw a lot of scripture. I just lay a foundation. You got to know who you are. You got to know your authority. All right, now, how many does it bother you just a little bit that everybody, because one man screwed up, we all pay the penalty? Does that bother anybody? I don't know. I grew up in a family. There's three boys, all right? And I can remember several times, and we were pretty good as brothers. We didn't rat each other out. But I can remember especially one time, one of my brothers did something. I knew it wasn't me, but I didn't even know who it was who did it. If I did, I probably would have squealed because my dad wasn't happy about this. And my dad had us all there. And, and my dad did apply the rod of correction to the seat of judgment. <laughs> Anyways. So I did that, you know, and, and 
back then, well, it worked for me. Anyways, I'm not saying you should do it, whatever. Don't do that. Seek Jesus. All that. But hey, I'm just talking about my experience. All right. I can remember one time, it was, it was like, whack, whack, whack. Now, who did that? And I'm like, I know I didn't do it. And the other two, they're just like, I'm like, holy cow, and I knew I was, this was not me. Anyways, we had a good, you know, we're, even if I knew I'm not going to rat on them, but my dad's like, all right, whack, whack, whack. All right, who did this? And right now I'm kind of going, right now I am experiencing the judgment because of one person. I am experiencing some pain in my back end because one person won't own up to what they did. And you know what? Still to, to this day, I have no idea who did that. I don't know. I just know that we all got a really good licking for it, and nobody, at least my two brothers, they were locked down, and it wasn't happening. But I did not like the fact that I shared in a punishment that I had no participation in. I don't mind if I did something stupid and I pay for it. So be it. But, you know, I couldn't even count the cost because I didn't even, wasn't even involved in the plan. But here's one of those things where it says, it says that because of one man, I mean, sin entered in in every situation. So go on down to where it says 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 on our board there. There you go. So here we are. Uh, the devil knows that God works through man. The devil knows that. The devil's paying attention. He's going, oh, God made a deal with man that anything in the earth has to happen with a man. So he realized that I'm going to confront God's people. If I'm going to confront God's people and mess up God's people, I've got to do it through a man. So here's one of those things in Samuel's first Samuel 17 where Goliath, who was six cubits high, he had six uh, forms of, of weaponry, and he had one spear that was uh, weighed 600 shekels. So I'll leave that to you, but it's six Six, six. Anyway, so Goliath, it was these six, six, six definition. Anyway, this is definitely a demonic manifestation where the devil says, through one individual, I'm going to take all of Israel captive. Through one man, I am going to take a whole nation captive. You see, that's what happened at the start. The devil knew that one man got to screw up. Therefore, with one man, I'm going to confront just one man. All you guys, all dressed up. Nice flags, you look really pretty. Beautiful, beautiful armor, nice costumes. Roar! So you got Israel on one side. Roar! You got the Philistines on the other side. Roar! And all the Israelites are going, oh man, hope we don't have to fight, you know. And then the Philistines decide, we're going to send one guy down, one guy. One guy is going to fight for all of us. You send one man to fight for all of you. And whatever man wins, that one man, whoever wins, everybody is subject based on that single victory. So they're all over the gun, showing up every day. Rawr! Then they send out Goliath. Just send me one man, just one of you. Is any one of you Israelites willing to fight me? Oh, right away, right away. God's people could not find one man to confront one uncircumcised Philistine true story so you got one guy Rawr! so then while all of this is going on though god was preparing a man and he had this kid back a shepherd he'd been anointed to be king and he's back in the shepherd fold there and he's taking care of the sheep and he kills a bear he kills a lion and his dad says would you go take some pizzas to your brothers they're on the line there and they're you know standing in front of the philistine I said sure dad so he took some pizzas doesn't yours say pizzas 
It's pizzas for sure. Had to be with some bread and some oil and stuff like that. What's that? It's pizza. All right. So he took some pizzas to the front line with his brothers. Then when he gets there, he sees this guy going, Arr! just one of you guys come down here. It'll just take one of you and we'll finish this whole deal today. And David's going, wow, this is awesome. I came for this. Who's going to do it? Who's going to fight? And they're all like, oh, we're not going to fight. No. David says, can I fight? Wow, what do I get for taking this guy on? They're like, you're just a punk of a teenager. Who do you think you are? I'll do it. I'll do it. Where do I sign up? Who, who, who do I tell? And then sure enough, they hear about it. He gets taken into the room of the king. The king tries to put his armor on him and tries to say, you need this, you need that. The king's ready to say, well, who cares if this kid gets killed? Let's just send somebody out there. But David's like, I'm going to take this guy out. He has no covenant. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. I am a child of God. And David went and did it. Look at this. Look at this. few verses for you. Verse 9 to 10, he said, If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Go down to verse 46. If you're there, go down to verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This is David. David says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I will take your head from you and this day I will give your carcass to the camp and the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in London. There's a real genuine Goliath in our cities mocking the church of God and saying you can't do anything about poverty. You can't do anything about abuse. You can't do anything about death and sin and creeping nonsense. You can't do a thing. And literally, through mankind, he is taunting the church. You can't affect what's happening in your city. But here it is. The devil knew that it takes a man. It's only going to be one man. But I love David. David says, I'm going to do this so that the whole earth may know that there's a God in Israel. I mean, one little fight with one big giant, and David is saying, this is cosmic. This will affect the whole globe. This fight that I'm going to have as a teenager with my slingshot, I'm going to wipe out this giant, and this act that I will do will change the whole earth. I mean, you'd have to think this kid is straight up crazy. What are you doing? I mean, a shepherd, shepherds were despised. The shepherds was an unclean uh, 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 occupation. It was an unclean occupation. You couldn't even go to the temple when you were a shepherd. You were unclean. I mean, so he takes this little teenage kid who's a shepherd, and he comes in, and he says, I come in the name of the Lord my God. And I'm going to take out this uncircumcised. There are things happening in our city, folks, that we have authority over. And it's not like, oh, God, please, can't you see what's going on? Yeah, I see. And because I saw, I sent my son. I sent one man. Because one man blew it, I sent one man who would unblow it. And because one man got the authority taken away, I sent one man to get it back. And now it's back to plan A, get it done. David, pick up your slingshot and let's start killing some Goliaths. You're all looking at me really funny. Like, what? Look, give you another verse. 49, verse 49. It says, and he slung the stone into the Philistine's forehead so that the stone sank into his head. Look, I, I underlined in red, I said, he slung it. Say, he slung it. 
I mean, slung. Isn't it awesome? When's the last time you said slung? He slung it. He did. Who did? God did. No, the little teenager did. He slung it. You know, God is crying out from eternity saying, is there anybody paying attention? Does there anybody know who they are? Does anybody know the authority that I've given them? Does anybody see that, that for all of this to continue to go on in the nonsense, it's just for you to do nothing? But when you get it, when you go with whatever's in your hand, see, he didn't want Saul's arm and all that. What he'd proven was a slingshot. Well, all I got, I don't know, you know, I mean, let the people that are in high places do it. Let the people in government make the changes. I mean, I got nothing. We got a king with a, a kid with a pea shooter. I'm going to change the world. Do you get that? Do you understand the gravity of that? We got a kid with a slingshot who says, I'm going to kill him and change the world. There's more potential in this room to change the world. Way more than is even needed. But God needs you. London needs you. And we've got to understand the authority that we have. Let me give you a couple of observations, all right? Here it is. God moves when we move. See, God, here, let me go back to the start. You ready? God already moved. God already loves you. God already gave mankind authority. God already got your authority back. God already loved you. God has saved you, forgiven you, and given you righteousness. God's done all that. So right now, it is your turn. And for God to move right now, God moves when we move. Are you moving? What are you intentionally moving on? What are you intentionally confronting? What are you intentionally actively engaged in right now to bring the kingdom of God in the city? What are you involved in? Well, I go to church on Sunday. You know what? That's a big deal. What we did today, we prayed, we worshiped. That's a big deal. You know what happens when we do that? Dominions crumble and they fall down when we worship. That's a big deal. You get instructed in the ways of God, the word of God. Your heart gets seated with purpose and power. That's a big deal. So if you're only doing that, keep doing it. But there's more. You need to know who you are, what your gift is, purposes are. You need to know what's in your hand. Is it a slingshot? Is it a pen? Is it a, a trowel? Is it a, a scalpel? What is it that God's put in your hand to glorify himself through? And you need to do it intentionally. Number one, three observations. God will not do our part. God will not do our part. And it's not that he's not all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everything. God in the beginning said, I've given authority to man. God can't do our part or the whole plan falls on its head. God is subject to the affairs of earth to man. And God will not do our part. Do you get that? You need to know what your role is and what your part is. Number two, our part is natural. No, no, pastor. My part's supernatural. I'm like so awesome. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Well, your part's natural. Doing the natural part brings the supernatural in, but your part is natural. Oh, really? Because I thought when you had the speakers in, they were saying that they were like, Whoosh, look at me. Whoosh, I'm just not as cool as they are. Yes, you are. In fact, you're probably more cool. Let me do, let me do the man-sized part. You ready? Lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh, how hard is that? Go ahead. If, if you're friends with your neighbor, just put your hand on them now and say, be healed in Jesus' name. See, that's, that's actually the man part. That's, that's your part. That's the natural part of the whole thing, right? 
So you're here, don't be afraid, don't be concerned. Your part is generally really, really natural. Here's David. David said, I am going to make God's name great. I am going to kill this guy. And the whole world is going to know that God is God. And I'm going to do that by hooking up with the laser stream of glory. Boom. No, he took a slingshot and went. Oh, was that ever cool? Since when does a rock hit in the forehead of a giant who's got a massive skull? You know what? When you let go of what's in your hand, God picks it up, and supernatural stuff starts to happen. You see, and bam, because that happened, I mean, David went, I love David. David says, I'm going to chop off your head. He didn't even have a sword. He didn't even have a knife. He had a slingshot. What are you going to do? You know, wrap it around my neck. How are you going to do that? David knew, I'm going to knock you out, and I'm going to take your own sword and chop your head off. But you know, look, what God will not do your part. God, how long are you going to put up with God, the nation of Canada? How long are you going to stand by and watch evil men prevail? God, how long? Is it time for lunch yet? Let's go have lunch, guys. We'll come back later. God, how long? Oh, please, Lord. Oh, do it. Time for dinner? Oh, let's go have dinner. Oh, God, how long? What's that kid doing? Where'd he come from? He's running at Goliath. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Goliath is dead. Wow, they said if one man wins the fight, we all win. Come on, guys. But wait a minute, we're not done praying. Oh, God. Oh, tell me, folks, did one man go into the valley and destroy the prince of darkness once and for all? Did it happen? It's done. It's done. It's done. And yet the people of God are still like the people of Israel, Standing up every day on the edge of the cliff. Oh, God, please don't let him mock us anymore. We're your people. Then be his people. God will not do your part. Your part is natural. Let me give you another. It's deep stuff. You ready? Your part's first. God shows up when you show up. Remember Shama? Shama got sick of running. He said, I'm not running from my field anymore. He said, I'm standing in my field. I'm done with this. Shammah stood in his field. He killed all the enemies. And then it says, and the Lord won a great victory that day. Now, if I were Shammah, I'd say, like, Lord, where were you? (laughs) I mean, I'm the one who stood here and did it. But then right away, the scripture says, and the Lord won a great victory that day. You know what? When you win a great victory, the Lord wins a great victory. When you show up and you engage the battle, God is always going to be victorious. Every fight you engage in, you are condemned to win. Oh, we can be like Donald Trump. You're going to get sick of winning. You're just going to get sick of winning. Because, yeah? you know, that really, that really makes sense with us. Because, you know what, Jesus straight up said, you are more than conquerors. I will constantly lead you in triumph. Wow. God won't do your part. Your part is natural. Our part is first. God needs you. London needs you. One more verse for those who need to have it, all right? Here it is. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. That's the way it works. It's always the natural first. When the natural shows up, when you do the man-sized job, God is faithful, and he'll always show up. Sad thing is, many of us don't know what the man-sized job is. What am I supposed to do? Generally, look at your hand, and it's something that you already possess, and it's not that complicated. All right, another slide. Romans 5, 17, for by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more. See, much more. 
See, on that one day, I got a licking for one of my brother's problems, one of the things he did. But you know something? Adam, you might say, I hate it that Adam sinned and we all became sinners. I hate it that Adam screwed up and we all became boxed in and lumped in with Adam. I mean, I'm sick of paying the penalty for somebody else's failures. Well, you know what? It was a good plan. Because of his one failure, all of us got to be lumped into one bunch so that by the one act of Jesus Christ, all of us got to be lumped into victory. So by one man all fell, but by one man, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one. One screwed up, one got it all back. Well, when did he get it back, Pastor? Because I'd like to participate in that now. It's done. It's finished. He won, you win. He overcame you over. Here's what it is to be more than a conqueror. He conquered, and you get in on it. You conquered, and you didn't even have to fight. You get in, and you didn't even have to show up. He did it. That little boy who ran down in there, he's a type of Christ who went and one man took on the devil, one man, and he defeated him thoroughly and completely. He beheaded him, took away all authority, and he restored authority to the people of God. Listen, one more slide. I mean it this time. Every needed thing needed for sinful man to have a relation with a holy God, God has done it. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to his riches of grace. And this really is the last slide. You need God. You know what? That's obvious. But you know what? God needs you. And London, Ontario needs you, needs us, needs this church needs us to begin to rise up and exercise authority, to begin to be who we're called to be. Not playing church or just doing some little religious stuff and religious activities, but really on purpose, identifying areas where the enemy is and taking him out. That one guy with a slingshot said, I am going to change the world. Isn't that amazing? I just love David. I just love David. That one kid with a slingshot said, I today, by killing this giant, will make God's name great in the earth. There's something you could do, something so simple in your mind, but there's something you could do with the gifts and abilities you have that can change the world. And don't think you're too small or too little or, or that you don't have a great big role to play, because you do. And don't think that you got to be some, you know, superhuman or taking 50 courses or, or got 17 degrees from the school of Wooby-Doo. You know, whatever you're going to do, it is natural. It's really, really natural. But when you do what God's naturally gifted you with, His supernatural will come in, and you'll enter into a partnership with God that really will change the world. Come on, stand up with me. All right, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Listen, listen. maybe you've been thinking, I, I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to be the best me I can be. I'm just trying to be the best authentic me that I can possibly ever be. And I'm working hard at being a good person. I'm working hard at just, you know, I'm overcoming the nasty things in the world by just being a nice guy or a nice gal. And I'm doing my best to do that. And I think I'm doing okay, you know. Well, good. And I appreciate that. But you know what? If being a nice guy was all we needed, then Jesus never had to come and die. Because the problem wasn't that there's just good or bad people. The problem was that sin entered into the world and it separated you from God. That what Adam did, because of what Adam did, all of humanity was grouped over into one man. But I got some good news for you. It's not good works or effort or anything else. It's just this. 
Jesus, just like David, he went down in the valley and he destroyed the work of the devil. And you can be a child of God and you'll never be the real authentic you unless you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Unless you accept it. See, all of those people didn't say, oh, I wanted to kill Goliath. Because David killed Goliath, they all got the liberty and freedom. Because Jesus destroyed the work of the devil and he destroyed the devil, every one of us gets freedom. But we have to believe that what Jesus did, he did for me. And you have to believe it, not corporately or cosmically, you have to believe it personally. That he is my personal savior. Adam screwed it up for everybody. Jesus made it all right for everybody. I believe in Jesus. Now, if you've never said, you've never outright straight out said, all right, I'm done with the self-improvement program. I'm just going to, I'm really going to trust Jesus. And you know what? I believe I want to be grouped in with what he did. I want to have that gift of righteousness. I want to have that freedom. I'm in. I believe in Jesus. If you've never done that before, I want you to do it right now. And I want you to do it in a way that we're going to pray with you and we're all going to pray together. But I want you to identify yourself. Everybody's heads bowed, their eyes are closed. It's just you. I want you to identify yourself. Say, you know what? I believe in Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to say, yes, he is my savior. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three. But at three, please put your hand up. Put it up high enough so I can see it. Are you ready? Here it is. One, two, three. Lift up your hand right now. I believe in Jesus. I'm in. I'm fully in. 100% in. Just put your hand high enough so I can see it. Anyone? Thank you. Anyone else? You can still do it. You can still do it. Yes, I believe. I want to get off the self-effort thing. I want to get off that path. And I really do want to engage the heavens. I want to engage God. I want to be what he created me to be. You can still put your hand up. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, come on, let's all pray. You ready? Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, that you took all my sin, that you were risen so that I can be alive, and I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I declare my sins are forgiven, I am healed. And I am free. Holy Spirit, testify with my spirit. Speak to me on the inside that I am a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow, that was good. God bless you. I want to pray for all of you. Just who, those who are ministering at the altar today, can I get those to come forward and those are on the altar ministry team just come on up front and get ready but you know folks I I just if I could somehow take this and scrumple up my notes and press them through your ear and get them into your spirit I would do it if there's something I could do to just take it and force it into your heart I would do it Sometimes it's so foolish, me standing up and just blubbering on and actually hoping that something that is liquid, powerful truth would get into you. I am so passionate about this. The transformation for this whole city, the purpose of God filling the earth. Folks, it's our turn. And I desperately want you to have an understanding of who you are and your authority because you got to quit wasting time. You know, that's what a prodigal is. It's a waster of time we got to realize who we are and realize that with this authority comes responsibility today. And I just pray that we would realize that there are people in danger right now. 
There's people that are sick right now. There's people that are hopeless right now. There's people that where their marriages are falling apart and their life is a mess. And literally, it all begins just with you walking in the door. It just begins with that natural step. It might start with an apple pie. It might start with something real simple. But you can cause the, the areas where the prince of darkness is entrenched, you can push that back and you have authority to do it. Not only authority, but a responsibility to do it. And it's not some big, crazy wow. It's just you in a slingshot. It's just you every day. Every day believing that this little slingshot is going to cause cosmic shifts and cosmic change. So I commission you and I commend you. This is 150 years of this country, Canada, coming up. You know, and Mr. Tilly, when he said he wanted it written at the Peace Tower, he shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the rivers to the end of the earth. He took that scripture, might have even taken it out of context, but he had a wish, he had a desire, he had a passion that this nation would be a nation that manifests the dominion of God. But that will only happen if every believer starts to do their natural part and starts to move first and we'll see God act on our behalf and do incredible things. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless this nation. And not just with the fruit of our mouth, not just with lips, but it says that we can take possession of the nations. You said every place that the sole of our foot moves, Lord, there's dominion. You said that the enemy is not defeated under our prayers, but he's defeated under our feet. It's when we go. It's when we activate. It's when we do what you've called us to do. And sometimes it's not some big, wild, hyper-spiritual activity. Sometimes it's just a barbecue with a broken neighbor. Father, I pray that this season for this great country, this great country of Canada, I thank you that you're moving in the hearts of people. I pray that you would cause the church to arise and understand the authority that you've invested in us. That you will not bypass us, but you're going to use us, each and every one of us, in a big way. And I pray, Father, for people right now, even as they go out of here, to be conscious that they carry freedom. They're a carrier of liberty. They're smeared and anointed with breakthrough power. May, Lord, we just go and do natural things that have supernatural consequences. May we see people set free and see your life glorified and your purpose honored. London needs me. London needs us. God needs us. And, Lord, we're going to be what you called us to be every day for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The altars are open, wide open. If you need prayer for anything, you just want to agree with prayer, you just want to slap a fresh anointing on me, fresh oil from on high, it's all available to you right now. If you need healing in your body, come. Come and just be ministered to in Jesus' name.